0: Hi there, Connie Myers here. I am so excited to bring you somebody that I love dearly. You know, um, I started out with, uh, with my life coach training in 2013, and I've been really blessed to have amazing, amazing, excuse me, I'm in my she shed, and there's a fly decided to, uh, to join me. So if I'm swatting around, it's because I'm trying to keep it out of my mouth. So, anyway, I was really, really blessed to have just amazing, amazing clients while I was doing all my life coach training. I still do some, but not nearly as much as I used to. And this young woman was a friend of, a friend of mine, another client of mine, actually. And she contacted me, and we had an incredible relationship, well, we still have an incredible relationship, but we we started out on a journey that I have to say I was so blessed to be a part of her journey. And it's very brave of her to come on and talk about a little bit about her journey. And I really feel, but it's, I think it's important because as I was telling her before we went live, 99.9% of the people out there have a vision or have an idea of what they're passionate about. But they don't know how to step into it. They don't know how to make that move to be able to start living the life of their passion. And um, I think the story she's going to share with you and then the video I'm going to, to post at the end of this is going to absolutely amaze you. So her name is Lisa Williams. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on live with me.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so great to see you. And I love you, too.
0: Uh, well, so, Lisa, what made you decide that you wanted to have a coach? Um, I
1: decided to hire you as a coach, it was about, I'd say about six months, six to eight months after I, um, separated permanently from who's now my ex-husband, but went through a divorce, moved to a new town and was really in a place of just not knowing what I was going to do next and wanting to reinvent myself and reimagine my life. And it was a very, um, Opportunistic time, but also a really scary time, and I knew that I needed support and help, and didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I needed some help with, you know, bringing my um, vision together and building something after losing um, uh, a lot of what what I thought I was and my identity through going through a
0: divorce and such a life transition. So. I, re- I remember that time as you were very um, well, moving to a new city after going through a divorce is difficult anyway, because you don't really know anybody. Um, and you have a son who is starting new school. And, and that I know is that's always traumatic for any parent, you know, to be able yeah. to find the right school and to be able to. How do you go around making friends and how do you um, and how do you start over?
1: Yeah, he was only nine at the time, and um, I didn't know anybody in this town that I was, I knew very few people that when I moved here, and it was a really scary time. I mean, I had to face a lot of fears as a single mom. His um, father wasn't living here at the time, and it was a pretty scary time for me. And it's kind of like, what am I going to do now?
0: Exactly. Well, I remember uh, one of the first conversations you and I had, it was about – we started talking about purpose. And, and, and you had, a, you really didn't know what your purpose was in life, except for being a great mom. And so we had to start with really trying to, trying to figure out what your purpose in life was. Um, what would you say your purpose today is? What do you, what do you feel like your purpose in the, on this earth is?
1: You know, Connie, I just flash back to the to the very first question I believe that you asked me when we were coaching, and you, the very first question was, why are you here? And I was actually surprised by the answer that came out of my mouth at that time, but I do remember it because I had written it up on my wall after I said it. And it was to express, this is what came from my individual soul, but it was to express my own inner life and feelings in an artistic way. So, you know, if you were asking me now, I mean, I'm moving in right now a little bit more into um, uh, wanting to empower and help and teach others. But that primary answer was to express myself. And these were longings and dreams that I've had for a really long time and I have had starts and fits with. But to, and I've been writing for many, many years, probably 20 years. um, But I had never shared publicly. So that was, that was a big shift for me.
0: Well, I can tell you that the writings that you shared with me, I think the very first one, I remember the title of it, but the very first one just absolutely blew me away of what an incredible writer you are and how you put words together is so artistic. So that was for me, I, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to kind of share this with with this journey with you. Um, one of the other things you said to me was that I don't. How old were you then when we started? I was 45. 45. So, yeah. yeah. So we 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 talked about you said you were you were 45 years old and uh, you, you you didn't think you were too old to start over. How does that feel today? Oh.
1: Oh God. I mean, it was even more than I was too old to start over. It was, I remember saying, I'm I'm too old and all my dreams are dead. <laughs> like, like that's how that's how I really felt. I mean, my my dream of my family was was gone. I had been homeschooling my son. I hadn't, you know, quote, worked outside the house. For those nine years, although being a parent, I would say, is uh, work 24-7, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, um, the most, um, if you're a conscious parent, the most, you know, difficult thing that is required of, of a person. And um, so I, I just got to this place and I thought, yeah, I'm too old to, you know, another relationship to start a career to do anything and I thought all the dreams I've ever had were dead what's the point
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is the most common thing I hear all the time I don't care if somebody's 25 45 55 or 65 they all think okay this is the end of my life and there's nothing more for me but just to survive. Um, I can tell you, Lisa, and I, I probably told you this, uh, that when I was, I was 22 or 23 years old and I was divorced from my first husband and um, I was thinking about what it is I wanted to do because I had not really worked. I had done a little bit of part-time work and stuff like that, but I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do and what I was really wanting to do was become an interior designer. But my mom asked me the question, what is it you would like to do? And I said, well, I really like to be an interior designer. And she said, well, look into it. So I looked into it and it was going to be two years of education. And part of that time was as an intern. And I went at 20. Let's say I was 23 at 23. I thought I was too old to do that. And, And so I think. Those feelings, especially when we've gone through some kind of a stress like a divorce or, or something along those lines, those thoughts really, and they really play havoc on our, uh, how we feel about ourselves, our self-esteem, our self-confidence, but it, and it takes time for us to be able to move beyond that. I fully
1: agree. I mean, I I can really relate because I can remember at 25, so very similar to you, uh, feeling back then. I wanted to be a writer, and I was taking writing classes. But there was also a um, parallel thought saying I was too old at 25 to be a writer. It's it's irrational, and it's um, it really has nothing to do with our age. It's just the thinking.
0: Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's all thinking. about our mindset. And what's interesting is it's just one little teeny tiny tweak of that mindset when things can change. So we worked quite a while on trying to come up with a vision and um, it took you a while. But I'd like you to talk about the vision that you came to me. And I said, you have to believe that I believe that you can do it.
1: Yeah. So, um, so one thing that I remember, well, you took me through a process of kind of like writing over and over. We met on a weekly basis, I believe. Yes. And um, yeah, talking about over and over the things that I love to do in different ways so that you can then see patterns of what are those core passions and interests that really that really stick with you and are really authentic. And um, I remember getting to places where some of these would repeat like writing and storytelling and movement and music for me and coaching and um empowering other people and i thought how i remember saying to you how on earth would i bring all of these together i mean i don't understand how i'm going to coach and be a storyteller performer music how could i combine all of that it made no sense to me and I, I do want to credit you with always believing. I mean, without a doubt, you always told me it will come together. It will come together and to keep believing and to keep going. And I think that is one of the most important qualities, maybe the most important quality in a coach, is to be
0: a believing mirror for someone else. Because... Well, that's why it's really important to make sure that the coach is a right fit with the client and the client is a right fit with the coach. Because we really, as a coach, you do need to be truly believe where, where, you, where your client is going and be very supportive. You can't tell them where they need to go. I mean, there were many times when I already knew where you needed to go, but you needed to see that. So I had to support you in a way that I could help you to see it for yourself. So because it's not a coach's job to tell people what to do it's a coach's job to be there to help them open up their minds and to be able to express the things they're passionate about. Because if you are passionate about something, then you are on the right path to finding the life of your dreams of what is you would love to do. And so it's been it's been a journey for you. But um, I have to say, I'm very, very proud of everything you've done and who you've become. And I, I love watching you blossom and grow and um, some of the uh, would you mind sharing a couple of the things you did, like the the chili cook off and the. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do want to say one point to what you were just saying is um, it's very difficult to see ourselves. You know, um, I have coached other people as well, and I believe in coaching, especially when you are a coach. Or um, in any successful endeavor or wanting to be successful in any endeavor to have a coach because that kind of consistent support and accountability is just critical for just even having someone that's tapped into you and really caring about what your dreams are and kind of holding your hand through that process. Um, we don't have a lot of that in our society. And even with friends, I mean, friends are wonderfully supportive, but they're not checking in with us at that level on a consistent basis. So it's very hard to see ourselves. I can also look at other people and know, yeah, it's clear to me what this person wants to do and what their dreams are. But when it's us and we're up against all that resistance and fear, it's another story. So I needed the help, and I think most people do. Um So you asked about the couple things that I did with the writing
0: as, as you, as you were going through the process of trying to figure out what it is that you really wanted to do, you did a couple of really fun things and I would love if you would share those stories with us. Okay.
1: Well, uh, the very first, so like I said, I have written for a long time, but I, I have boxes and boxes of writing that I have not shared. I published like one thing in the past which was very exciting. (laughs) But I've always been really afraid of um, public speaking, like most people are. Uh, I haven't had any training in it. And the very first thing that I did, well, when I first moved to the new town, I'll I'll just talk about the chili cook-off. There was a chili cook-off at my son's school. And in like fashion with me, it was something I wanted to do. I don't know why I wanted to do a chili cook-off. I am not a cook. I do not consider myself a very good cook, pretty basic. But for some reason, I wanted to participate in this. And I got really scared. Again, my process is I deal with a lot of fear and resistance. Um, and kind of at the last minute, you know, two weeks before this thing, I decide I'm going to do it. And anyway, I enter the chili cook off uh, with, I don't know, 30 other people and i wind up winning the grand prize of the chili cook-off which was absolutely stunning astonishing and terrifying for me because i'm thinking do i have to get up in front of everybody and say something now <laughs> that was my big fear i mean it's all my insane you know neuroses that that go on but so what happened um after that, just shortly after that, was there is a studio in town in the town I live in, um, a woman who does writing classes, and at the end of the 10-week writing class, there's a culminating performance. I had never done anything like that. The class, her class started on a Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And at 8:55, I am sitting, standing in my kitchen, and I thought, I really want to do this. Did hadn't signed up for the class. Again, scared. I drive there. I show up at the class at 9 AM. And I, she sees that I'm scared. She's a writing coach. And I say, I think I want to do this, but I'm not sure. And she very generously and kindly put out an extra chair for me and said, would you like to stay for the first half of the class? It was a three-hour class. And um, if you like it, you can sign up. If not, that's OK. And I entered this class, there were six other people in the class, all of them had acting backgrounds. I had none, but I did have writing. And it's a process of discovering, like you were talking about discovering what your passion is, discovering what my story is for that particular time. And the story turned out to be the story about the chili cook-off. And so over this process, I wrote this story with The help of her as a writing coach and my own process, and I put a lot of time and work into it um, and wrote a, I think it was like a 10 minute story um, that turned, the beautiful thing about storytelling is you can take all that pain and fear and transform it into power. And when you express it, I found out, is an extremely empowering thing to do because you get to write and rewrite your story and take it to a funny place, a triumphant place, and it's very um, inspirational for myself to do it and hopefully for other people. But I will say one thing about the storytelling. That was the first time I had shared a story publicly. And it's a very personal story. And you're, you know, as a writer writing a personal essay, it is not fiction, it's it's my own thoughts and feelings. So you can imagine how vulnerable this can be. And it was standing up in front of an audience of about 75 people, two nights in a row. And it wasn't until I did the thing, meaning I'm standing in front of the microphone with the lights on telling the story that I realized the power that came into me and my body from doing the thing that my intuition had been calling me to do. So that's how it started. And then I hung, I painted and hung a sign on my wall at that time. It was a quote from um, Emerson and it says, do the thing and you shall have the power. And that's a perfect example of it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love that story. And the story that you did tell was a magnificent story. So and, and that was kind of the beginning for you to to start kind of finding your path. And um, you did dance at your house and you did you did all kinds of really fun things to take you where you are. And I think that's one of the things that I admired about you. You were willing to experiment with different things in order to figure out what it is that you really wanted to do ultimately.
1: Yeah. I was willing, and um, I, I, I want to uh, make a note about things that we've talked about because it. I, I guess I would just say to other people, it's not about not having fear, and you would also speak to me about this about courage. You know, is doing the thing even when you have fear. It's not being fearless necessarily.
0: No, we, we always walk with fear. I don't care, you could be Tony Robbins and the reason he has this little thing he does and we all get butterflies, we all have, especially when we're doing something new and different. Just like, if you don't mind me sharing this, just like before we came on here, coming on and, and you had fear of going live because you didn't realize we were going live. And, but now but now you're on here, you can add this to your repertoire and it's, it's really, once we get past the fear, it's really all about, okay, what is, how does this fit with the part of my life now? And, and how can I move forward from this? And as we move forward, we're going to have new fear. So you have to walk with your fear. You, you, you can't, it's like a weed. You have to continuously pull it. And even weeds show up in the middle of concrete. So that fear is always there, even though we might be solid as a rock. And but there's always that little bit of twang in our in our our gut saying, oh, I'm doing something different. So, yeah. well, let's and, fast and forward. to I'll oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: These are the many things that, you know, you talk with me about. And I remember and I still like I told you, I still use these tools on a consistent basis and I still remember these things that we've talked about and I really just wanna give you credit as a wonderful coach for staying so consistent with those things because like you said, it doesn't matter if we're an executive or an artist or a mom or whatever it is that we're trying to do to go to our next level in our comfort zone, it is so valuable to have someone as a coach like you who is consistently reminding us that these feelings are normal and that we need to grow through them and walk through them and pull the weeds and, you know, continue getting the, the bigger frying pan for the fish and not just
0: throw out the bigger fish. By the way, that's one of my favorite stories. Maybe I should tell it really quick. So there was this young man that went to a fish, a river, and he took his fishing pole. He was going to go fishing. And next to him was this old, old, old man. And he would throw in his pole and he'd pull out a fish. And he'd take a stick, a broken off yardstick, and measure it. And if the fish was bigger than the yardstick, he'd throw it back. And the young man wasn't catching anything. So he finally walked over to the old man and and said, you know, why are you throwing back the big fish? And he says, "Sunny, because my frying pan at home is as long as a stick and the fish won't fit into the frying pan. So our goal is to find those big fish so that we can expand our frying pan, which is exactly what you have done, I might add. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I did. So, <laughs> Where um, we, we've talked occasionally over the last couple of years, But I received a phone call and an email from you that was the reason I wanted to do this, this interview. And so can you kind of fast forward and tell us where you are today? Uh, With in terms of um, everything, in terms of uh, the the writing or. Right. So. So where what has happened since you and I stopped coaching?
1: Okay, well, so um, like I said, I started out with that very first story that I just talked about. And then it took me a while to do the second one. I had actually signed up for a class. I started it. I got scared. I pulled out. I went back. I did it again. It took me about a year and a half, I think, to get back into another class and do another public story. And that one was very important because I had promised myself I would do it again and it's not like it got any easier i mean i was but it was it was significant to have done it twice it wasn't just a fluke that i did it the first time and it right. turned out great and i had that very empowering feeling now i've done it twice and it's like oh this is like really part of who i am and what i love to do and what turns me on what brings me alive so after i did it locally i decided after that okay my next Bigger frying pan will be to go out of my local community, and I live near Los Angeles, so it's to to take this to Los Angeles, which was, if you can imagine again, <laughs> quite terrifying. <laughs> I submitted my piece to uh, a storytelling venue, and it was accepted for a um, special. They have a year annual special music edition, and my story was about. Now this is the second story. Was about my love and sensitivity for music that I've carried with me my whole life, and this I call it. It's called secret life, and that's the video I just shared recently with you. It was about my longing to play music, but never really feeling like I could do it. And you know, here I am, 47 years old. This was last year, and and the the triumph that comes from this. And so I performed it for the first time in Los Angeles, um, and just had a magnificent time. And then I applied for a fellowship at UCLA. Uh, Someone encouraged me to do that and um, I won it. And so I got a year's worth of writing classes at the UCLA Writers Extension Program, which I was thrilled about. And again, it's, it's thrilling, but I will admit it was also, like I remember receiving that email and like trying to call people to tell them about it and like forgetting how to use my phone because my my circuits were so blown that <laughs> this was happening because what does that mean? That means oh boy. Now I'm getting serious about it. <laughs> now I'm going to take 3 writing classes and really stretch myself and really get new bigger new frying pans. And so I went through that and I did a year of classes and that led me, some of the classes I did were um, also performance classes. So then I did other performances in Los Angeles with other stories. And then the very last thing that happened was um, I uh, shared my story with someone who I knew was a teacher. And now this is is a story that (laughs) – was very important to me. It took I say it took me 30 years to write, because it did. It's not the writing of the story, it's the courage to write that story. And it was a story about when I was 15, uh, going on 16, and what was happening in my life, and it was a very traumatic time in my life, and it changed the course of my life. And I went in a direction uh, that was based on survival, and then, I got very ill, I'm just kind of giving you brief moments here, and that turned my life around again, and I wound up moving from New York to California, and I completely changed my entire life. And again, my, I, have a, I have a very um, strong value of leaving or bringing stories to an inspirational and triumphant ending because uh, I think that's really important to empower um, ourselves to write our stories the way we want to uh, feel it in our own nervous systems and then to help other people feel that as well Um, so I shared it with this teacher and he fell in love with it and he asked me to come in to his high school he was he teaches uh, advanced English to two so I came in for two periods and it was wonderful because it was the first time first of all again not knowing what I was getting myself into I got there there were no stage lights there was no microphone and I had, you know, 100 people in front of me. And it actually was great. I didn't know if my voice was going to project all of that, but I never felt so embodied. And it was a dream come true for me because it was my story about being 15, 16 that I was sharing with other 15 and 16 year old students. And this wow. has been a long time dream of mine. In fact, I may have even shared that with you, yes, you um, three years ago that. I pictured myself sharing it at like colleges. I kind of didn't know, but I knew I wanted to do this. I knew this was a very important story and that kids that age um, are going through a lot. And it's a very important time of life when you're forming your self-identity. And if something happens at that age, um, it can really put you off track. And it did for me for a long time. And that's the whole point is to take that story and that wisdom and help other people with it. So I got to do that at a high school dream come true and I got paid for it, which was amazing. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> I have to say, especially for our high school kids today with everything that's going, they're going through and all the stresses of school and of life and of all the trauma that you hear about in schools today, having somebody come in like you and tell your story and and tell the the triumph part that they that they can make it through and they can have. I, I would love to be able to tell kids how important it is to have a vision to live that vision. My two granddaughters, uh, my oldest granddaughter, it just turned 18, and my youngest is is 16. Oh no, she's 17 now. And they they have been living their passion since I wrote the book because they're actually in my book, Crystalline Moments, and following them and seeing how they have progressed in their lives versus somebody that doesn't have that kind of vision for what they want to do so you being able to bring that story to kids is going to give kids hope and and maybe they can follow whatever their dream is or whatever their passion is so i really applaud you i think i think all along that's been what was the that's your purpose that's your vision that's your that's who you are and I saw in the way you interacted with your son, I saw in how you expressed yourself. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you for uh, getting paid, number one, and number two, being able to share your story and have it make a difference in others' lives. that That's thats very huge, Lisa. Uh, I just, thank you. I'm very, you. very proud of you.
1: Thank you so much, I really genuinely feel that from you. And it's been so great to be in touch with you all this time, you know, even though I haven't been formally coaching with you in the last, you know, whatever year and a half, the connection still continues, and the caring still continues both ways, and the learning still continues, and um, I think it is really helpful for others, because it, I'm talking, going back to this age group, because it, with anyone, it makes them feel less alone, you know, they're sitting there with all their Thoughts and feelings and traumas and shame. And it's really empowering to have someone come in and say, you know, I went through this, too. I felt this, too. And even when you are going through this and you may not have support at that time, things can turn. And this is how I did it. And you give them kind of like a blueprint for inner strength. And that that piece is actually called inner voice. Wow. Inner voice. Because my my learning in this lifetime has been to really follow and not, and we all have the inner voice. It's, it's to listen to the inner voice, but it's also to act on the inner Absolutely. voice.
0: Absolutely. So, um, what do you feel is the next part of your vision? What do you think is next for you? You have any idea?
1: I do have an idea. I'm actually just on the verge, and I think I'm probably gonna make the phone call today. I have found a, uh, an amazing program at UCLA, which is called um, uh, the Social Emotional, it's a certificate in Social Emotional Arts and Healing.
0: Wow, you.
1: Yeah, I know. I, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh my God, this, is, this combines the things that I love and believe in, the arts and the healing. Because I, I think as you know, I, I have a master's degree in spiritual psychology. I've done personal growth for a long time. Um, and at the end of it, I feel like creativity is really the healing. It's like you can get to the healing from the creativity. And once you go through the healing, you wind up with how do I wanna enjoy this life? Because that's uh, it's really the point of it. Is is you want to be healthy? Even being a health coach, it's like the point of being healthy is to enjoy your life. So what brings you alive? So I am. I think I'm going to go um, do this two month program and um, just get some more tools and kind of um, build my repertoire uh, because my writing is also very. It's a transformative process. And so that's really the intention behind it. And then um, my partner and I uh, are also creating, co-creating a group called Living the Artful Life. Uh, We actually did it locally. We actually did it locally last year and we're moving it to um, the bigger city (laughs) Uh, where outside of where we live, which is in Ventura. And um, we're doing a talk in Ventura California at a called um, a place of Peace and it's on uh, Sunday I'm looking at my notes here because we're just forming the flyer. Sunday October 28th at 3 p.m and we'll both be doing a talk uh, co-creatively for the first time and it's really about um, it's not about being per se an artist, it's doing whatever you do in your life artfully. And with joy, with sweetness, beauty, expressing your feelings, imagination, all these wonderful things that are our biggest values. Um, and I think that makes life worth living. It's it's loving your life.
0: Well, I cannot wait to be able to come to LA and come to one of, of your your presentations because unfortunately, the 28th, I'm going to be... In Mexico, but um, (laughs) yeah, my retreat starts on the 28th, so I won't be able to quite make that one. But if you'll stay in touch with me and let me know when the next ones are, I'll make sure we we post that. And I would love as you as you move forward with this, I would love to have you back so we can talk about um, where you're going and how you're helping people and what it is that that you can do to support others in their Artful Life, yes. and I can, I can tell you that, uh, I'm going to put the link for uh, Secret Life um, on in the comments, and I can tell you, Lisa, everybody I have showed that to has said they had goosebumps, and over half of them have had tears in their eyes. That's oh. how much the impact that it has. I've watched it six times now, and every time I watch it, I get something new, and I, I just can't express to you how much I love because it is totally Lisa Williams. It is totally who you are and how you got to be where you are today. So I just I can't tell you how much. Uh, Thank you. How and you know, when it, you're
1: watching it, people. <laughs> Real that that was the first time I was ever videotaped.
0: The
1: very that was the very first time I was ever videotaped. So that's the beginning. And I was actually even partially reading at that point. I have now memorized five pieces. But um, thank you so much. It feels really good to hear that. And that, that piece, honestly, when I watch it too, I, feel this, I still feel the same way. It's such an authentic piece for me. And it's, it was a life-changing
0: for me. Well, sweetie, I am so glad you agreed to come on live, and I hope this was not too painful for you. Are you <laughs> live? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you, you, you've done an incredible, incredible job, and I, I just I just so admire where you're going, and I'm just so grateful that you're in my life. And even though we don't speak all that often, but I think our paths can find a really cool way of crossing over and over and over again so i really appreciate you you coming on and being authentic and doing it with fear and (laughs) um this will not be your last you'll be hosting your own soon
1: yeah baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks honey you're amazing i so um, appreciate you thank you honey so this this lisa was truly one of my she was One of my original coach, I think I only had like four other coaching clients when I, when I, when Lisa and I touched each other. And I'm just so grateful for every one of my clients. But when I can see and and what's interesting is I have had every single client reach out to me and let me know where they are in their vision. My first client, it took her three years to reach out to me to let me know that the last part of her vision finally happened. But when when you when Lisa sent me the the recording that I'm going to post, um, I my heart swelled for joy for her. So uh, make sure you watch it. It is absolutely impactful. And if there's somebody in your life that is younger, that is kind of struggling with where they're going or even if they're older, they're going to get something from. This presentation because it's artful, it is authentic, and it's it's the end is I love the ending so much. So anyway, so everyone, I really appreciate you coming on. If you're watching the replay, please make sure you watch the video, and I will be back with another interview uh, in in a bit. I'm not sure who it is yet, so I will keep you posted. But anyway, thank you so much for watching. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Connie.